You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and I'm here to talk about the funny pages. Oh, not the Sunday comic strips of yesteryear. (laughs) Written and directed by Owen Klein. Uh, That's the son of uh, P.P. Cates, and um, I already forgot the Klein guy's name. How could I forget that? He's so great. Staple. Yeah, Kevin Klein. Thank you. Staple of comedy, Kevin Klein. Wild Wild West, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Giant spiders. Does he have all the goods of his incredibly talented family or does he come up short in the funny pages cancel your subscriptions or no we're going to discuss this movie but not alone and let me tell you who the weir are is today someone who knows the difference between inking and penciling ryan is with us hello 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 i sort of know the difference i think and this guy if you ever read a 90s comic and you think, no, nobody, nobody's that ripped in real life, he'll prove you wrong. <laughs> Marcos is with us. Ahoy, ahoy. And she's probably actually played a lot of adaptations of a lot of obscure comics throughout her entire career. The very talented Tessa is with us. Hi, I look like the cover of Ghost World. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost World, I highly recommend. Mm. By the way, check that out. But do you recommend this one? Let's find out. Funny Pages. <laughs> Funny Pages is about a boy named Robert who likes drawing crude-humored comics. A mentor at his local comic shop who lets him know, if you want to be this Funny Page guy, you got to dedicate your life to this. Don't waste time with college. And he's not sure how to take this advice. But then life takes someone who actually was rooting for him away from him, and he decides to go balls to the walls against his father and mother's wishes and pursue this dream. Whether this dream pays off or not, I think is up to the viewer. Because the rest of the film, we are definitely on a very, uh, not your usual indie film coming-of-age story, I'll say. Uh, So the Mr. Catano was one of his teachers at school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They did some weird edits there where the placement of the building that he was in was like not really, you weren't really sure. But yeah, he was like uh, an art teacher or something. The relationship seems so friendly and uh, open, to Uh say the least. (laughs) Maybe maybe a little too much. (laughs) A little inappropriate and a little cringe. Just Yes, like a teacher could lose their job. 
I mean, a teacher that tells their student not to go to college, like, that's <laughs> yeah, he definitely wasn't a counselor. <laughs> From the beginning, for sure, they show us that this guy, this 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 kid, is does not have the best influences. Like right from the very first scene, the setting just wasn't set right. Like in a way where it's just like, oh yeah, this guy is his big motivator. Why is he his big motivator? Like I don't like just because he's the art teacher. Like there, there just wasn't a lot of establishing it, and then so much of the thing just doesn't hit till way later. It was it was a weird way to start the movie where it's like, oh well, my art teacher believed I could do it. I mean. A high school art teacher that has never been successful thinks you can be a comic book artist, so that's where you think you're going to be the next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, teachers, for they're supposed to believe in the students, but I think this particular performance shows that um, Mr. Catano, played by Stephen Adley Grigius, he does believe in Robert, played by Daniel Zolgardi. And I think Daniel believes in himself maybe a bit too much again. He he has the confidence of someone who's already made it. And I think that's a pretty, pretty difficult balancing act to be a likable protagonist with that attitude. And I like this kid, honestly. Now, he, his ego got bigger and bigger as the film goes on. Which made no I sense. But I still liked him. <laughs> he didn't make any strides, but he got real big ego at one point. <laughs> his did. life is actually getting worse as yeah. his ego is getting bigger. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. think, like to me, I kind of saw that as these other influences in in his life were, were kind of acted the same way. Like this art teacher is pre- seems pretty high and mighty. Like you, like you said, Marcos. Even though he hasn't, he's not really an accomplished comic book artist. And this guy that he meets uh, later on, uh, Wallace, played by Matthew Marr, who is at first just doesn't want doesn't even want anyone to know like what work he's done in the past and kind of seems maybe embarrassed about it but when he learns he can kind of get something from this kid and leech off of him he decides i'm going to take advantage of this and actually i will maybe tell you a little bit about my past and i i feel like this kid is just it just has all of the wrong influences and i think that the, the the way that he treats people, especially in the comic book store, and like how he like like you said, he kind of starts to act a little bit more like grandiose and like high and mighty as it goes along. And I think that that's partially just because of all these shitty influences that he has around him. It seems like, yeah, he the guy who plays Wallace, uh, Matthew uh, Mayer. He you might recognize him from uh, Our Flag Means Death. He's one of the pirates who's always saying like, "Yeah, I know, I know Blackbeard. I'm best friends with him." He's that guy. <laughs> um, so if he's familiar, <laughs> um, and then Daniel Zogardi uh, or Zogadri, excuse me. Um, I thought he looked familiar, but he was on a, a couple episodes of um, what was the name of the show and uh, tales from uh, the loop. tales from the loop yes sorry I, I i just looked at the cast for the first time just so i could like try to follow along and i thought they got an andy milanakis look-alike i didn't know it was actually andy milanakis <laughs> <laughs> i had to look it up in the moment i was like holy shit is that that's not that's not him is it yeah, this interview is over <laughs> <laughs> this review is over <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yep. So he meets he meets Wallace, and he's inspired by Wallace because Wallace 
did live the life of a comic book, or maybe he's still living the life of a comic artist. It's never made clear. His lawyer is Santa, so he must be doing something right with his life. I completely lost the handle on the plot at that point. Were we ever led to believe that Wallace was who he says he is? Or am I just not as media literate as I thought I was? And it, of course he was who he said he was. What is your guys' take on this increasingly up-the-stakes, frenetic, and dangerous, if I may say so, third act? Oh, we're going right into the end already. <laughs> it's only, it's only an 80 minute minutes film. into this it, it's kind of funny it's only it, an 80 minute film you guys well that's the thing is like i felt like nothing happened in the first 50 60 minutes like because this this kid is just putting himself through horrible situations he's never done anything that moves him closer to the goal like i felt like every if it's a movie like the plot needs to be a little bit more streamlined usually where it's like oh my goal is to be a good comic book artist i'm like cool i don't even think i see him pick up a pencil for the last 20 minutes i'm not right um so it's just a lot of like meandering and then at some point he gets really attached to this character that's like kind of made it but he literally keeps telling him i never made it i just colored um right like he's down selling it a little bit but still it's a point where it's like i'm not an artist he literally yells that in the climax i'm not an artist you're not an artist he's not an artist none of us are artists like it, it's weird. It's a weird meandering movie for the first fifty minutes. I, I actually texted Tessa and was like, "I'm not sure what this is." Like, I feel like at best this would be a very interesting TV show because all the characters are interesting. They're just not doing anything interesting. And then it gets to the climax, and I'm like, "Oh, well, I've never had so much meat on the bone in the last twenty minutes of a of a, <laughs> of a movie where I'm like." Oh, that's the goal. That's the, what he was trying to do. That's the antagonist. Uh, it's I don't know. It, it was. It's all in the. You. I feel like the first thing he wrote was that uh, that fight in the uh, in the upstairs, and everything else was just building up towards that. And you didn't even know it was headed that way. That's interesting. I, I, you you bring up the artist rant because I felt the whole time watching this. I don't know why, but I was in coffeehouse beat poetry mode. Like during that speech, even I was like, yeah, man, you don't like create art. You just live life and life creates you, man. But I'm probably way off base, right? Because the way it ends, I'm like, just like you, Marco's like, oh, oh, that's what this was. A All right, then. <laughs> Pretty interesting. But my coffeehouse vibe was dead at that point. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I, I think that, like, slice of life movies I, for everyone, I mean, for me too, can be can be pretty hit or miss. Like, I, I think, but I, I felt like a lot of this was kind of engaging to me because I really did enjoy the performances. And I thought that the the, the characters were, were engaging. I think if I have any complaint um, about this, it would be that I kind of wish it were a little bit longer and I wish there were a little bit more to it. Because while that that climax is is so intense and kind of like unforgettable, honestly, I I am really really curious. I was really curious to know like what would happen afterwards, and I feel like there's really no strong indication as to to, to what will, even given what happens in like the the, the credits sequence. But I I don't know. I, I thought that the the just just generally just like the atmosphere of this and the characters were interesting enough to 
to keep me engaged and it was pretty short. I feel like I was, I feel like I was never bored. And I, especially, I, I really, really loved um, Matthew, Matthew Marr. I thought that his performance was just so despicable and frustrating. And yeah, I feel I like he was like a couple steps away from, from trying to like, uh, from starring in an ex home alone movie and like robbing some poor child of Christmas. <laughs> this is a Christmas movie, by the way, but I don't know. I don't know why that was pop, but like, he just has these like really, I've never seen him in anything else. I actually haven't seen our, our flag means death yet, but just his like bulging, like crazy eyes were just, I don't know. I, I found, I, I just found this to be like a really sad kind of pathetic movie, but in an engaging way, just watching this kid like latch on to the wrong people to try to sort of carry his dream along. I just found it to be kind of, kind of tragic and I, in, in interesting, I guess in that way. Now, as artists and creators yourselves, did any of this speak to you on the creative processing level, or is this film not about that? I'm not an artist. I draw with my kids, and when my kids say, wow, that's cool, Dad, I get a huge ego like this kid did. I'm like, well, thank you. It is a very good owl. It's, it's the best owl that's ever been drawn. But what about you? What about you three? Uh, Tessa? Never put an artist on a pedestal. Just don't do it. Just don't like don't never meet your heroes. Don't put them on a pedestal. Like there's a lot of famous artists who make really good art, but they're just fucking assholes. Like, <laughs> like Cezanne, like cheated on his wife and then died of syphilis or something. I don't know. Like there's always these really like tragic stories behind all these like famous artists. And it's usually tragic things. It's kind of their own fault. Um, so yeah, I think it's this one of the takeaways is uh yeah don't meet don't meet your heroes that you didn't know existed until you were sitting and taking notes in a lawyer's office randomly i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah i thought there, there was like this kind of recurring theme in this movie about like form versus sort of like being soulful with your art and i think as someone who's um, like a guitar player and i took guitar lessons growing up i, I still remember having conversations with so many different people that were like, man, don't take lessons, man. That's gonna, it's gonna take away your soul. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've had that conversation with. And I kind of hate those people. Like, I think <laughs> that you can have soul and you can have heart in what you do. And also learn a little bit of music theory. Like, there's nothing, it's not gonna hurt you. Same thing. And, and that's uh, a parallel to this movie because like his, his friend and, and the guy in the very beginning are very against him going, this younger kid going to college because they think that that's going to like just strip away his originality, which in my opinion is just not true in any way, shape or form. And it was just, I just found this, like this movie to be heart, like just very heartbreaking and frustrating to just watch this kid just from the very first scene, even though that guy, that teacher um, was a, was a fuck, he was a fucking weirdo, but like he did clearly influence him in some way. And he maybe, maybe cared about him. I don't, I don't know. I didn't see enough of him to really gauge that. I think we saw too much. But, like, <laughs> way, way too much um but yeah like i i think that um just to see like from the very beginning all these people telling him like th this this guy kind of leading him astray saying like don't worry about college don't do that and then his parents are 
maybe a little supportive, but it just seemed kind of like a toxic relationship and then a very toxic relationship. And then later on, just having him latch onto this guy, like basically the first guy that he, that he, that he meets or that he learns is in the field that he wants to go in. And just like Tessa said, just immediately idolizing him and thinking like, this is, this, this is it. Like this guy is like, this guy's a legend without knowing anything about him. I just found it to be like really tragic and engaging and kind of sad and pathetic and, it, it really just it kind of that, that, that kind of feeling just kind of leads up into the end. And I, I left kind of left the movie kind of feeling, feeling pretty hurt, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess that that might be like a little bit like where I didn't pick up on that. Cause if the whole like theme is just being sad and pathetic, then I guess, yeah, it hit the, the all those nails really hard. I just <laughs> kept waiting for him to win, like in some way, Aww. like a little small win. And it didn't, I don't think he ever got it actually. He got a job, like working yeah, at the someone, office. Yeah, and someone early on said, "I respect your independence." Honestly, as a parent myself, I did too. Like being able to make your own decisions without mommy and daddy holding your hand after something like that happens to a teenager, I was impressed. <laughs> but let's carry that into our final thoughts, uh, Marcos. Why don't you lead us, please? Um. I don't know, like, this is weird, because it's only, like, an 86-minute movie, I feel like. Yeah. Like, it's not long, but, like, it's very dry for the first bit, but the climax was so, it was so fun. I don't know, like, I had a lot of fun with it. I was, like, that's, I was so engaged by the time it got to the end that I was, like, oh, okay, like, this is what a lot of it, and then there's a lot of craziness. Like, the whole movie is very humdrum. Like, I think the weirdest thing is, like, a masturbation scene in the first 40 hour and then after that it's it i don't know like the last 30 minutes plays off like something from crank it's like there's people exploding and bleeding and all these other random things going on where it's like oh okay um people getting beat up i was like all right like that fine i guess that this is where the action goes um but i mean overall uh I don't know, man. It's a confusing movie to rate because it's so all over the place. And I feel like I, I didn't pick up on everything until Ryan kind of was like, no, you're supposed to feel bad at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the coming of age tragic. <laughs> so uh, I'll give it like a seven out of ten dirty comics. Very good. Ryan. Yeah, I I actually uh, I I really enjoyed this, even though I I guess my one criticism I I do feel like I I would have liked to see a little bit more. I was kind of disappointed and sad when it ended, um, but I I think that's more of a testament because I, I to the movie itself, and I I honestly liked the world that this director built, even as as depressing as it was. I I found it kind of interesting to see like an alternate universe coming of age story movie that was just so depressing and pathetic and just didn't really go where you expected it to go. And I think you could, to be totally fair, take that final scene um, that the credits play over, which I'm not going to spoil. You could take it in a couple different ways. And I, I guess I, at the end of the day, I, I maybe I wish it, it had like a little bit more of like a bittersweet hint of optimism. Like maybe there was more of like a hint that he would, keep going at the end despite everything but it's just i don't know i i kind of i i, I like the the sort of the mission statement of this movie of making this kind of like coming of age tragedy of this kid who has a dream but all of his influences and the people around him just 
sort of suppress that and push it down. And I, I, I found that I found that to be engaging. And again, it's it's I feel like it's a pretty short watch. So I would I mean, I would recommend it. I'm going to give it um, eight out of ten uh, duck related comics. <laughs> nice. Tessa. Yeah, I I found this to be really kind of bittersweet, kind of disgusting, awkward, goofy film. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get a beat on it. Um, I remember talking to Marco some about it. He said that there's like no conflict for like a long while. And I was like, well, I mean, the conflict's all internal with this kid until, you know, at the end, it's not so internal with this grown ass adult that he stranger that he invites into his home. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that that one person said he was independent, but then he was so obsessed with the idea of this Wallace dude solving all of his problems somehow that like, he was independent, but then kind of not because he took the idea of not going to college from his teacher earlier. He's just kind of like doing what people tell him to do. It's like this weird duality of him being independent, but also not and trying to get out of the house, but also not quite getting his own place either. And, um, you know, getting an art job, but not quite an art job at the law office. It's like everything's just a half measure, you know, like he can never like fully, like you guys said, win. Like everything is just kind of like, well, you have a car, but you're an indentured servant to your employer at the comic book shop. Um, just everything's got a catch, basically. Not, this kid can't get a break anywhere, except with like his friend, who's like the only person who's like fully supportive. And then he like treats him like crap. And I was just like, ah, not a good the look, kid. You think is his nemesis for like half the movie. And then it's like, no, he was sincerely believing in you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting and strange si- slice of life film. Uh, I enjoyed it. It kept me at the edge of my seat because I never really knew what was going to happen. Um, so I'm going to give this seven out of ten. uh Seven out of ten questionable figure drawing sessions with your teacher. Very good. Maybe take some life art classes. So for me, this thing is way out of my wheelhouse. This kid obviously has a lot of demons to overcome. I can't relate to any of them. That's my problem. I was never empathetic enough as a young man. But I did enjoy a lot of the dark humor in this. One of my jokes, favorite jokes early on... He just kind of tells it like it is to people at someone he cared about's funeral. You know, he's like, you never cared about him. And in a lot of indie films, the person you're yelling at would hang their head in shame. Like, hmm. But <laughs> the punchline of that speech he gives is perfect. Yeah, uh, I don't know anything about crude humor. I don't get why drawing a penis is hilarious. Uh, when they were talking about um asshole placement in the comic strip no idea why any of that is funny so a lot of it went way over my head and i'd probably enjoy it a lot more on a second watch so i'm gonna give this 6.5 out of 10 comics that aren't worth the paper they're written on what but how cruel was that scene by the way and I laughed. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I found a new appreciation for this movie over this uh, podcast where I was like, 
Oh no, the point is that it's a reverse coming of age story. Your parents were right. You should have listened to them. <laughs> Don't follow your dreams. <laughs> Go to college and um, maybe not listen to the crazy teacher that gets shirtless in front of you.